Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody? We are back again with another episode. This is the Class In Session podcast. That's right, the Class In Session podcast. I am your host, uh, Logan Taylor, my brother, my partner in crime. He couldn't be with us uh, today, but he is here with us in spirit, my co-host, Mr. Dante Hampton. And we got a special guest for you all today. Uh, We have Mr. J on the drums, as you see his name. Uh, He is a third grade teacher in Colorado. All right. He is a third grade teacher at Butler Elementary. Uh, Jay is the creative of a streaming service for teachers called Kids Freeze Dance. Features videos for grades K through three that mix movement with content. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Logan, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Tell tell the tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a, I'm a third grade teacher, and the name might look a little strange. Like, who is this character? What is Jay on the drums all about? Um, like you mentioned, I do run a streaming service for teachers, and the main goal of that is mixing movement with learning. Um, so, just brief story about me. I grew up in Chicago. I live in Colorado now, um, and as a teen, I I wanted to be a drummer in a band and I was playing the drums and that was like my my childhood dream you know I wanted to be a rock star so I spent most of my 20s trying to do that but also getting that bachelor's in education so I was doing music and I was doing teaching kind of in two different worlds right um at the same time I was working in a health club and so like fitness was always a big part of my life too um fast forward to about 2012 I I moved from Chicago And I sold everything I had, took my truck, drove all the way solo to the beach in San Diego. And I tried as hard as I could to do music full time. And I ended up finding a way to drum in yoga classes, which was just so strange. Like what a weird world to do music into. But I started doing that. And as I, I fulfilled the dream of being kind of a rock star, you know, I got to tour. I got to go around the country and play Red Rocks in Colorado Uh, And then I kind of did that dream. And then I was like, man, I forgot all about my other dream, which was I wanted to be a teacher. So getting into teaching, as I started teaching preschool, kindergarten, I taught second grade. And when I was teaching second was when COVID hit. And I had been doing freeze dance videos for my kids in person with an African drum called a djembe. Super cool drum, really bassy. And I was doing that. And obviously with COVID, everyone had to go home, right? So I made one video for my class and it kind of sparked something like, wow, if I make one for my class, I could make for all classes. And that's kind of how I I dip my toe into making online videos with music. But with freeze dance, you know, the base of freeze dance is play a song, hit pause, kids stop. And it's kind of about testing their reaction. What I discovered is I could do the drumming. And when I had them freeze, that was like the perfect moment to present a fact or a lesson or a question. So I kind of went with that, Logan. And when I was like, wow, I could do subtraction, math facts, addition, math facts. We freeze, put it up. Two plus two equals. Now you have to stay frozen but they can talk. And so they're moving, they're thinking, they're interacting. And so my journey was like music, fitness, teaching. And I found a way finally to kind of put it all together. I love that. That's dope. That's dope. That's super dope. I love that. Being able to incorporate music, right? Which is something that's relatable to everybody right? In some type of form or fashion, everybody loves music. You know, Um, you have some kids that love jazz music. You have some kids that love um, hip hop. You have some kids that love, you know, classical and things of that nature. And I think that that's amazing being able to incorporate all of those different genres, right? And then being able to help them understand those math facts and give them uh, those, you know, those facts to be able to help them learn. I think yeah, um, I love how you mentioned the different music styles. And so for me, being just a drummer, it's just drums. There's no song. 
it's not where it might discriminate. Like say someone didn't like jazz and now that music's on, maybe a kid doesn't like that, but I, I feel everyone is in tune with drumming. Mm-hmm. And so my, my songs are not songs they're It's drum beats. And then you freeze. And I think that kind of breaks down barriers. Cause I mean, everyone likes music. Everyone likes to, you want to move and dance and like that, it builds community. Right. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing, right? It's about building community and being able to uh, impact our babies and our scholars, right? Like that's yeah. that's what it's all about. So I, I love that. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's like the um, language. If, there's, if they don't speak English or they speak whatever language, it does not matter because then you can understand the music. Absolutely. You yeah. understand the drum. You can get the, you can get the the beat of the drum because music is a universal language, right? Like I love, I love um, Afro beats. So I listen to Afro beats and I love Afro beats and I love the, the, the drums and the, the ukuleles and you know what I'm saying? All the different instruments that they play. Like I, I love all of that type of stuff. And here recently um, I just got into um, Russian and Japanese music. Ah. And so being able to just experience that, right? And like, I'm just like, man, this is like, this is dope. Like, I, I wish I would have caught on to this earlier. Like, like way earlier. <laughs> right. Like, dang, like, this is what's going on over here. Like, dang, like, I, I really like it's, it's amazing. So I love it. So let me ask you, Jay, uh, what is, well, I guess put it like this. Why did you get into education, right? Like, we understand teachers and their callings like you have to be very special to answer that calling when it comes to being in education and you know we'll touch on those different we'll touch on those different topics later but if you could talk to our audience and just explain like why did you get into education yeah i remember it very vividly so kind of a funny story my fifth grade teacher it was the only male teacher i ever had he had really long straight hair like a bowl haircut but it was long too it was really long so he made this deal with our class that if by the end of the year we had reached some goal of like a grade level status i don't i don't remember exactly but the deal was if we all did that we could shave his head and it was we did it and i i never forgot that moment and i i later would analyze it and just realize how good of a a role model this guy was for me and it's rare in education to see men, right? So it spoke to me a lot being a boy at the time, like it just reached me. And so my, my inspiration later in college, when I had to write about my reasoning, it was basically to be a positive role model. And uh, I, I had, my mom was really sick when I was about 15. She had cancer. So I needed like, I needed positive role models to help lift me up. And when I looked at myself, I always saw music as a way. So when I was struggling as a teen, my positive role models were specific bands and musicians and artists, and they spoke to me and helped me in my own private mental world. So to fight through, you know, when you listen to music, that's an experience inside. And so the reason I ever wanted to be a teacher was basically to be a positive role model, right? Like that would have been my ticket to do it. And that was the driving force. And I feel like I, when I think about it, I get to do that every day to this, to this day. Like I've lived, I'm living that dream. I love that. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. You That's- know, like kids that don't have a dad or even a mom, it doesn't matter mom or dad, but you know, specifically kids that do not have a father, when they have a male teacher, you'll never take that place, but you're there 40 hours a week with them. And so you're affecting, you're affecting them. And if you can do that in a positive way, that there's nothing greater. Absolutely. I think being able to catch scholars early on, right? Like not catching them at middle school or high school, mm-hmm. catching them early on, especially with you being in elementary, you you understand this because you just said it. And so being able to catch them early on and then walking with them, that's going to help them throughout their life, right? Like you said, your only male teacher was in the fifth grade, but you remember him, Right as you are an adult and a teacher now you remember him now like i think that that's 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 oh man that's amazing yeah i like that's your point amazing. on that with if the young younger is more important because you're still building a lot of the brain is still being developed and also just habits 
routines and you're being influenced tremendously as a kid. And when you see your role model, and I'm tall, I'm 6'3", so I'm a, I'm a big guy. You know, it's like I walk in the classroom, the kids are up to my hip. You know, it's a big presence. But to do that in a loving way, I think that's like almost a superpower on the guy's end. You know, as us being men in education, we can deliver such a, a powerful experience to our kids. I love that. Oh, man, I love that. That's good. That dropping cool gems, y'all. Like, it's cool. Listen, Jay <laughs> dropping gems, y'all. Y'all need to make sure y'all listen. Make sure y'all got y'all's notepad out because Jay is dropping some gems right now. <laughs> so, Jay, let me let me ask you, what is one piece of advice? Um, because now you've been working in the elementary for three years now, right? Yeah. What is one piece of advice? for someone uh, wanting to start out with wanting to work in the education space or even just wanting to work in elementary? Yeah, I had a, a teacher start at my school last year and he was just kind of, he was coming, he was asking like, what should I do? How should I do this? Another male too. So it was kind of convenient. Um, but with any teacher, what I would say is, and what I told him, focus a hundred percent on um, your connection with your kids. You know, if you can't build a relationship with them, they're never going to hear you. Um, so spend those first couple weeks, even months, it's mostly about connection. Second from connection would be you want to establish your, uh, like your behavior, classroom management. You can't teach if you can't, I want to say control, but that's the wrong word. You know, like you want to keep them on task and you have to be able to guide them. But if they're not going to listen to you, then all the planning in the world isn't going to help you. You can't plan that math lesson unless you can get your kids' attention and unless they know you care, right? If they, they know you don't care, they're going to tune you out. So I would say my advice as a new teacher or even as a seasoned teacher to reflect on, build that connection because those kids come back to you years later and they stop you in the hall and they want to hug because they remember you. They don't know what you taught them. I mean, sure, maybe, but in elementary, it's so... You don't remember that. You remember the person. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, that's, I think that that's good. Like you said, making the connection is step one. And then classroom management is step two. And that could be, you know, setting the expectations of, you know, what you have for your scholars. Like, I think that that's important. Right. So let me and it's funny that you talk about connection. So what I want to ask you next is I want to ask you how do you build that connection, right? Like, what does that look like? Like, I know you being a male teacher um, and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to know from your perspective, being a male teacher in a female dominated space, how do you build that connection uh, with your scholars? So uh, with this school year just starting, uh, the first day, I remember sh kind of shocking them, you know, like what it would we, we had their had their breakfast. We said the pledge and then it was time to start the first day of school. You know, their desks are covered with all their supplies. And I don't even I'm not even going to care about that. I'm like, all right, everybody stand up and push in your chairs. And like you could see their eyes. Just what are we doing? Why are we standing up and like just doing like, OK, we're going to do some jumping jacks. And these are third graders. So they're like, wait a minute, this isn't P.E., you know, kind of kind of involving them, then I bring them to the carpet. And I, I like to do like hand clapping patterns or just funny things. And I try to get them to see me smile and to bring a little bit of humor and joy before we even talk about third grade and learning. It's just about connecting. Um, you know, another way to connect with my kids is tell them about myself. You know, I always provide a, a slideshow. I show them my wife, I show them my dog, I show them where I'm from as in Chicago, I show them a picture of me as a third grader, and I just humanize myself, and that's how you can start it. As your year goes, you want to ask your kids what they're into. You know, if kids are into Minecraft, which they are, try to slip it in when it makes sense. Use that as your example. You know, when you're, you're going into math, like, oh, we've seen this shape, it's a cube. Who in the room likes Minecraft? And like 70% of the kids will raise their hand. You want to use what they know and validate them and their interests. And then they're going to, they because they want to talk about what they like, right? We all like to do that. We all like to talk about, hey, this is what I'm into. I want to share it. Absolutely. People love talking about themselves, 
My, yeah. Something, uh, that's something that my, my grandmother taught me, raising me, is that, you know, people love to talk about themselves. So, you know, making them feel good, adding value to people and things of that nature, I think that that's important. So that's that's some really good, good advice. I really think that that's good. I like so, you said the word value because that's uh, making people feel validated, like they belong. And if, like, say one kid liked Minecraft, but now he's the expert and he gets to share that with his friends, like, you just gave that kid, he's building his identity now and he has value. He's important. And I, I don't think that can be undervalued by us as adults. You got to let them shine and then they're just going to be excited. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, we are. We're all about adding value. That's one of the reasons why we started the podcast, right? Like we wanted to give educators a platform to be able to use their voice, to be heard, right? To share their journey, their best practices, their ups, their downs, their highs, their lows, you know what I'm saying? And different things mm -hmm. of that nature. And so I think that, you know, it's important to let people know that they matter. I think that it's important to let teachers know that they rock. I think it's important to allow teachers to know like hey listen you are a human being and i want you to know that what you do in this space and what your calling is and what your purpose is i think that it's very very important and yeah, you know it's important it's important to let people know that like for on your end being on the podcast podcast creation side like what a what a great vision and uh, purpose for this platform i'm grateful to be on this is so fun absolutely so let's go into let's talk about uh, your company, Kids Freeze Dance. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so just tell um, tell our audience about what it is. You know what I'm saying? How did you come up with it and different things of that nature? Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So like I, I kind of just mentioned, you know, starting the school year, I had my kids get up. We did jumping jacks. Um, kids have energy. We know that what I see and what I saw was that a lot of teachers would try to fight that. And so in my perspective, I always thought, why fight it? Why fight anything? Why not go with it? And so when kids have energy, you got to think they, their attention spans, depending on the age, is say 15 minutes. So we're doing math. Math is 90 minutes. You're not going to sit for 90. There's no way. So kids freeze dance came out of the need to fill the lesson with a little bit of variety, right? So you want to, you want to, you want to model, you want to model your lesson. You want to get their attention. You want to practice as a class. Um, you want to review, but you also want independent work. And so creating videos that allowed the movement to happen in a structured way was kind of where I found my niche, right? Like maybe teachers don't know how to do movement with their kids. So I, I feel like that's a superpower for me. I know how to do that. I worked a long time in recreation with children. Um, I've taught, I'm a musician and I've, I'm, I'm all about fitness. So it all goes together. So if I can create a video that guides the kids through movement while reviewing educational material, this kind of gives the teacher a little bit of a break. They can sit back, they can observe see who's participating. Maybe there's a question, maybe they're not understanding it, but you'll, you can see it because now you've got almost a guided video, you know, and they're all to standards. So it's things we teach. Um, but kids freeze dance is all about reaching kids in different content, getting them moving, activating parts in the brain that help them remember and ingrain these lessons. It's not just, let me tell you, it's, let me show you, let me teach you, let me instill this in you and we're going to move and you're never going to forget it because we're getting silly. We're getting active, right? So kids freeze dance is all about that. It's like interactive learning, getting you moving, making it memorable and getting up out of their seat. I mean, come on, you got to do that. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. So, excuse me. So that's, that's amazing. I love that concept, right? Being able to incorporate all of those different things. I think that that's important, right? I think that that's very, very important. Um, what's a common myth about your job that you're just kind of like, you kind of give people the side eye or you're kind of like, in a, I'm not going to say a disbelief, but in a way it's like, well, that's this is what y'all think of me as a teacher. Like, oh, what's wow. a common myth? So, like, if 
I just like over here, maybe meeting somebody new and I'm like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a teacher. What is a myth? They most people, maybe generally speaking, they might think. Right. Okay. I would say the biggest one for non-teachers, I think most people think kids learn the same way. So to put it like in a different perspective, I bet most people think kids go into the classroom, they sit down, they learn, and that's it. I don't think that's the, that's not the case. If you're working with children, you know very well, there's a whole range of how kids learn. It could be auditory. It could be through feel. Uh, movement uh, really plays into the kinesthetic, um, you know, the, the movement, the feeling, experiencing the lesson. Um, there's so many different learning styles. So I would say the myth so people probably think that they probably think I'm sending my kid to school and they just imagine they're sitting there and they're learning for eight hours. <laughs> That's just like ridiculous. Okay. Okay. I don't think I had any, we haven't had that one. We haven't had that one. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that that's that's big, right? Like the different learning styles and being able to have scholars, being able to identify what their learning style is and then maximize that. So I think that that's that's important. I, I like that. Okay. All yeah, right. I remember learning in college about the different learning styles, and up until that point, I did not know. Um, really. You know, and so until you, you're exposed to that knowledge, you're not going to know about it. But to run an effective classroom of 20 plus children, they're, they're all different. And that, that might be another myth, you know, not really understanding how different kids are. I mean, that's the thing. They just think of their kids. Well, they're not just kids. They're, they're Hank, they're John, they're Cindy, they're whoever their names are. They're, they're all 24 individuals. It's not like they're just a class. Like, you got to see like them for who they are, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Absolutely. All right. So I got a hot seat question. Okay. So we do this with every guest that we bring on. Um, is there a number or value that you think educators should be paid? Hmm. Um, and now before you answer this, I want you to think about this. When I say a number of value, like think about everything that's, you know, going on in today's world, uh, you all coming, you know, educators coming out of COVID and, you know, going back into teaching, you know, educator burnout being so high and things of that nature. Is there a number or value that you could that you feel like, you know what I'm saying? This is what we should be getting and things of that nature. I'm going to let you touch on that. Ooh. That's a good question. I'm hesitant to put up an actual solid number. I can say without hesitation, it should at least be doubled from whatever everyone's getting right now. Like an easy doubling of that, whatever number that is, I think that would, that would just boost it tremendously. Double what it is. Because if you look at, I think the way teachers are perceived, I think everyone knows how valuable they are. But I always look at it like, why aren't teachers like, pro athletes, like they, to the world of the kid, they're just as big, if not more important than like a football player. Right. So it's unrealistic to say that teachers should be making millions and doing commercials and getting sponsorships. But I mean, the spirit of that I'm on board with, I would say I couldn't give you a direct number because, you know, States are different. The, the levels are all, it's all different and it's based on your education, but I would say a quick, kind of easy fix if they could find a way just to double what it is teachers do so much you think it's just the hours of the school you're not taking into account working on lunch working before school working after school all the emotional baggage you take home not to mention the grading we're they're getting we're getting paid for one job when it's really like two so i say let's double it and i think that would hit that number whatever it is <laughs> okay all right. So my number and what I think um, you all should be getting paid is I think that they're, the bare minimum should be 80000 I like that. I like that. I can't argue with that one. I think I think that the bare minimum should be 80000 I do understand in some states or bigger cities, right, like the cost of living is a little bit higher. So I understand and get that. Yeah. Um, however, I just feel like, you know, you have people that are 
entertainers, lawyers, doctors, gynecologists, uh, you know, different different fields that make, you know, engineers, architects, right? Well, who were who were the people to pour into them and help them identify and learn these things, right? It was the teacher. That's it. The, you, so you just like, it. like they say the teachers make all the other jobs, right? Like they they make it all possible. Absolutely. And so, so I feel like hey, then, like where is I mean, what other jobs kind of start you there? I think like the trades which is you start as an apprentice, you come in, but then within a couple of years, you're making you could make up 50 bucks an hour. Like that's right. that's getting right. there. You're thinking right. trade. Absolutely. And so yeah. I think like, yo, teacher, this is what teachers should be making in the bare minimum. And of course, you know, you have teachers that have been working here for 20, 30 plus years. And of course, you know, their their compensation will be a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, but I just think that that should be the bare minimum. And then having, you know what I'm saying, certain programs in place for teachers, right? Like if you want to get a house, there should be a housing program, right? Um, if you need help getting a vehicle, there should be a vehicle program, right? Because we need to show educators that that we value them. We need to show them that they matter. And I feel like doing those things will start moving in the right direction and showing, you know what I'm saying, educators that, hey, we hear y'all, we value y'all. Because now if somebody knows that they're getting paid 80,000, that's the minimum, right? Like you're gonna start getting better candidates. Yeah. Oh, that's a big have a better pool yeah. to pull from. I know some states are letting almost anyone and everyone in because there's such a shortage. And that 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 almost shows that the the people, the powers that be do not value the education system. It's like almost feels like they could care, they could not care any less. Right? Like they're thinking maybe it's just gonna it's gonna be whatever it's gonna be and we're gonna be all right. Um, but if you look at the future of the youth and what they're going to grow up and grow into you're shortchanging everybody who's a kid and a youth and the youth uh, part of their life you know they're not going to learn anything of quality they're going to probably have a poor role model you know touching on earlier with you need positive role models like that's so important but you need people that care and i think you know your point on eighty thousand would get people better candidates because people are going to work for it not just bringing the guy off the street who's done doing his business and now he can be a teacher that, that doesn't make any sense that's counterproductive to teaching i think absolutely i yeah. agree if dante was here he he would say you know he would give he's all about structure and systems and things of that nature so he would give a different perspective on it and um i just think that you know hey we want to have the best candidates for the next generation then i think that that's a starting point yeah, and there's already so many people that are dedicated teachers that are making half of that. Could you imagine the quality that they would put out if you basically doubled it, you know, kind of putting our ideas together? But if a teacher out of college was going to make 80 grand and you're, you're 20, 21, or maybe 22 out of college, I mean, that's that's some incredible money. That's Let's get a house money. Let's get a, you know, not be in debt money if you're smart with it. That's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, let's see here. If there was one thing that you could change, if you were to meet with the secretary of education Monday and he says, Hey Jay, what's that one thing you would like for us to change? We go ahead and change it. We've implemented on Tuesday morning for all schools across the nation. What is that one thing uh, you would change in the education system? So I won't I won't take the easy route and go for pay because we just covered that. I'll I'll go for something else because that would be number one. Right. I mean, that's that's it. I would say number two behind that, because I've thought about this. I would I would love to see it if there was more funding for the classroom itself. So thinking about manipulatives, um, things to use, technology, even decorations i mean you walk into a new classroom as a first year teacher it's bare it's concrete it's just empty and cold it's up to the teacher to fill that with life and i think if there was like a, a better stipend of money for each school each classroom each teacher like when i started at my school um i mean it was like a hundred bucks what are you gonna do with a hundred dollars like you can't do i bought a bunch of clipboards because they need it i bought you know stuff 
but only a hundred dollars. If every room was given like say 10 grand, I mean, you could do so much more and that's ultimately helping the kids and taking away the expenses from us as teachers. Cause we, we supply out, we fund that and there's more money out the window. I mean, give me that 80 grand. Yes. But uh, you know, if it wasn't going to be that, I would say fund the, the teachers, give them a bankroll of some money to, and then it's going to carry over for the years, right? You're going to start 10 grand, keep that stuff in the classroom next year, another 10 grand, but now you're building and now your resources, you could have so much, so much access to technology. I mean, kids need to be using laptops at every level. They need to be, that's where the world's at. I mean, every kid should be learning how to access and work with technology. We could do that. Why not? Okay. I haven't heard that one. So funding for the classroom. Okay. I think so. All right. What what have you heard? Like, what's your what's your favorite one? So we've heard standardized testing. So remove standardized testing. Okay. We've heard uh, pay. We've heard um, we've heard someone talk about like the textbooks and things of that nature. Uh, technology. Um, for the most part, most people have said remove standardized testing and um compensation for the most part we had one person that talked about wellness and fitness mm -hmm. uh, she said hey i think um if i were to meet with the you know secretary of education i would tell him wellness and fitness uh we would need to have um better like lunch and, and things of that nature to build better better wellness and fitness in, in our babies and i was like okay that's good um, let me see what else. Um, that's that's all that I can think of right off the top of my head. But for the most part, it's been the standardized testing, the money, wellness and fitness and things of that nature. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't consider because uh, I know my school has breakfast for kids. I think a lot most schools do. But like, yeah, better, better supply of nutritional food. Not right. just like here's some uh, here's like what do they got? Like some of them, some of the food's really bad, right? Like it should be actually right. food. Right. Like, where's, where's the fruit? Where's like the real nutrition coming from? Not, like a packaged sugary treat or, or pizza. I've seen my in schools do pizza in the morning. Like, come on, that's not a that's like Absolutely. a come on, lady yeah. like bananas. They need oranges, they need apples, they need fruit, cereal, something. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. So before we get into our next uh question, our next question and stuff like that, give me one second. We gotta pay some bills, all right? Sure. All right, guys, listen, this is the Class in Session podcast. This is the Class in Session podcast. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. This is the Class in Session podcast. And y'all already know, I need you to do three things for us. I need you to like, subscribe, and comment. All right? I'm going to say it one more time. I need you to like, subscribe, and comment. All right? And listen, if you feel that, hey, I love what these guys are doing over here at YB Normal and the Class and Session podcast, share it with your network, share it with your community, all right? Because we want to add value to people in the education space, all right? And if you, you really love what we do, leave us a review. Your reviews are important, and it helps us make the podcast even better. So again, guys, I need you to like, subscribe, and comment. And this is the class and session podcast. All right. All right, Jay. So I think that, you know, we were talking about what is that one thing you were changing that I think changing, changing that that would be really, really great. So do you see yourself wanting to get out of elementary um, in the future or anything like that? Or do you prefer to stay in elementary because of what we discussed earlier? Uh, fifth grade is my limit. And that is, I mean, basically, that's the end of elementary. I, a student taught fifth grade. I don't see middle school calling my name. I don't see high school calling my name. Um, I could see years later down the road, maybe teaching at the college level for education, I think, you know, but still with the mindset of elementary, I just feel elementary speaks to me the most and that my personality fits um, in an elementary setting kind of that imaginative stage still, you know, kids still buy in and believe in uh, 
some funny fun things. <laughs> I mean, sure, there's there's some that don't, but for the most part, kids that are nine and eight younger, I mean, their their imagination is still wild, and you can do a lot of good things with that. Right. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. Love that. So, do you think that what are some what are some best strategies, or better yet, yeah, let's let's go this way. What are some best strategies for um, using your using your your information, using the product that you've created with the kids freeze dance? What are some best strategies for schools that are interested or wanting to implement um, what you do and things of that nature? Right. So, could you could you touch on that? Yeah, for sure. So I, it, it kind of spans all these subject areas of K through three. I'm working on getting fourth and fifth. There's kids start to check out and don't want, they definitely don't want to dance in fourth and fifth grade. So I'm starting to focus on more fitness. Uh, almost like you mentioned, someone had mentioned, you know, fitness and um, you know, being fit for kids. Like I'm incorporating more jumping jacks, stretching movements, freeze. Here's a lesson, right? So, I mean, using variety is probably what I think a lot of teachers should really think about. And I, I always think about it. So if you're going to do your morning meeting and your first graders consider using a freeze dance video of mine, um, I have one that's all about positive affirmations, you know. The video starts, good morning, it's Jay on the drums. Let's do some jumping jacks, be ready to freeze. But when they freeze, we'll say some positive things like I am loved and I want them to say it back. I want them to, you know, you feel that with the movement and what a great way to start your day. Um, using it in math. How long is your math class? Your math period might be 90 minutes, that's what mine is. You gotta use variety and break it up, make it interesting and use my videos for review. Maybe you want to review multiplication facts. We can get up. We can do all the multiplication facts of five, and we're going to do this movement video just to get us warmed up and get our brain going, you know. Um, practicing reading. Practicing reading doesn't have to just be sitting looking at a book and reading. Um, CBC word practice, consonant, vowel, consonant. I have videos for that. So you can get up. We can move. We can dance. We can freeze. We can sound out each word or each sound of the word and work on direction listening because you're still frozen. And then we can move again. We can get silly. We can pause and practice. We can practice reading. We can do nouns and verbs. We can do anything. Anything can happen. And with Kids Freeze Dance, I'm just so committed to creating as much content as I can to provide teachers with tools to mix in movement just to help the kids learn better. I mean, it wakes up the brain. It fires those neurons. It really plays a big part in education. The more you can move, can't move all day because you'll get tired. Um, there comes a point you got to get up, you got to get out of your seat. And um, I just think kids freeze dance. It's a calling that I heard. And it, it's just been so natural for me to create these videos. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, seeing feedback from around the country, so many different teachers have reached out, sent me videos of their kids doing it. And just the testimonials really, really, really light me up. And to see that kids I'll never meet that are in Texas, you know, I'm in Colorado, I'm not going to meet them. But I get a chance right now through my streaming service to be that positive role model that I so desperately sought when I was a teen and when I was down and low and my fifth grade teacher who cut his hair off and I really don't have anything I can do like that, but you know, I can, I can be there in a video and kids love technology. You got to go with that, show them these videos. If they love it, why hesitate? Go with their energy, let them get crazy. Right. You got to keep some control. But I, I just think my service is so, um, it's so beneficial for teachers. It's just, a, it's an aid. It's a good way to practice, good way to instill your lessons with your kids. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry about that. We had some minor technical difficulties. I apologize about that. But well, a, I thought you were going to be the spotlight. I was like, "Oh, it just went on me." Like, all right. Oh yeah, do your thing. Listen, <laughs> this, listen, this ain't this podcast isn't about me. It ain't about me. It's all about you, educators, and things like that. Um, but before we move forward, listen, Jay, I want to give you your flowers. Um, I do this on every episode. Uh, we give our educators their flowers by saying thank you. Uh, let you know that we value you. Thank you for answering the calling. Thank you for being, uh, thank you for walking in your purpose boldly and just loving on our babies 
um, and helping them become the best version of themselves. So I just want to say that uh, first. Um, and I just want to say thank you and give you your flowers for that. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Logan. I appreciate hearing that. That means a lot. Absolutely. Because, listen, I know y'all don't hear it enough. Right? Like, y'all y'all don't hear it enough. But the impact that you all make, right? Like, if it wasn't for, you know, one of my teachers in the second grade, her name was Miss Gann. Um, she, was a, she was a white lady blonde hair, super skinny and tall. Um, but she loved me like, like she birthed me herself. Oh, wow. And so, you, you know, if it wasn't for her, right? Like if she, if she didn't love on me in, in that moment and in that time when I really needed to be loved, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. And so, you know, there were some other teachers that poured into me and things like that. But Miss Gann was the person that built the foundation. And that is, uh, that is beautiful to hear. It's priceless. And, you know, that is a lot of what, <clears throat> that is the payment that teachers get. It's, it's that, uh, almost that feeling of knowing that you're doing a job that's worthwhile. Absolutely. It's so just fulfilling. It's, it is the most fulfilling job. And I, you know, for so long, that's something that teachers kind of hang their hat on. Like, at least in my job, I'm, I feel fulfilled. <laughs> And so for Mrs. Gann, who had that relationship with you, I mean, I'm sure you were her fulfilling feeling, right? Like in a way, right. that you helped her because right. that's what she wanted. She wanted to help kids. And so she got to do it, and then you benefited also. Oh, that's really awesome. It was second grade, huh? You remember that? Yep, second grade, man. I remember, I remember one time. Um, so I was raised by my grandmother. And I remember one time that Miss, uh, my grandmother couldn't go on a field trip. And I remember Miss Gann um, telling me, she was like, Logan, uh, I'll be your chaperone. I remember before we got on the bus and everything and um, we were in the classroom and I remember her telling me, Logan, I'm going to be your chaperone uh, and we're going to have a good time today. And at first, um, I felt a little un, you know, I felt a little on edge. I was a little uneasy because, you know, there were other kids with their parents and, you know, stuff like that. And it really kind of, you know, it really hurt me a little bit. Um, but when I look back and I, and, you know, we were going throughout the, the day of the field trip and stuff like that. And man, Miss Gann was just, man, she was amazing. Like, you know, she said, Logan, we're going to have such a good time. And, you know, I just want to let you know how awesome you are. And I want to let you know how amazing you are. And Logan, we're going to enjoy our time together. And I remember her telling me, she said, Logan, I love you. Oh. And when I think about it now, like I get emotional because yeah. I'm just like, man, like that, like that lady really, really uh, poured into me. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's moments like that because, you know, I was a, as an adolescent, man, I, I went to five different elementary schools. I had a huge target on my back. Um, I got kicked out of uh, the school district um, in middle school, right? And so there were times where I was misunderstood. And there were moments, you know, where, you know, I thought about Miss Gann and just like, man, what will Miss Gann want me to do? And, you know, how would she, you know, say and things like that? And so, Man, I, I miss Miss Gann, man. Like, man, I, I miss her. Like, I, I miss her so much because she really, really loved on me. Um, but yeah, man. So you know, this it ain't about me, man. This isn't. No, but you that's, know, that that's the real. Uh, that's the real side. You know, she gave you unconditional love, and that's what I think true teachers do. And it pushes you through the lack of pay. It pushes you through the stress. But teachers give unconditional love because that's their calling. Um, and the fact that it stuck with you so long says so much is that second grade i mean most people don't remember second grade but you do and if it called back to you in middle school you're talking years later to still hit you as a kid i think that is just that's uh priceless stuff right there and that that's why i'm a teacher <laughs> absolutely yeah most definitely, man. Most definitely. I think you know kids need to hear it they need to hear that they're important um quick story at the end of last school year um, the last day of school, before we went out for recess for lunch, I, I did this thing. I, I put a shoebox in the front of the room, and I said, 
You know, I've been watching you guys this whole year and I've decided who my favorite student is. And I said, I, I, it's in the box. I'm going to let you come up one at a time. You can't tell anyone who it is. All right. So you get to look in the box and you can, you can see what I wrote as my favorite student. And it wasn't any writing. What was in the box was a mirror. And so every kid got to go and the look on their faces after they looked, you know, some of them were like, oh, you know, or um, just the really sincere smile. But in a way, I got to let them all know how much they meant to me and to tell them that I loved them on the last day. You know, hopefully I got to instill a little bit of what Miss Gann did for you just to let them know someone's there. I still see them now. So when I see them in the hall, it's all hugs and high fives, right? Like they need to see that continues. It's not just done because you're out of my class. You know, I'm your teacher forever, whatever you need. I love that. I love that. I love that. Oh, man, I love that. So any other teachers listening, you want to steal that, do it. It's just put a little mirror inside a box one at a time. Let them go up and watch their reaction. It is it is so cool. I love it. Oh, man, I love that. Oh, man, I love that. That adds so much value because now you're helping um, you're helping our ba- you're you're validating our babies. And they need it. They need to be validated. They need to know they're loved and that they are important and they matter. Every one of them. And that's that's our that's our job. And it's so fun. Man, that was God, Jay. That was good, man. That was good. Thank you. That yeah, was good. That you. was good. How can so before we get up out of here? Um, there's two things I need you to do, man. I need you to um, let people know how they can get in contact with you. Um, and then what I need for you to do is to leave our listeners with a piece of motivation, man. I think that that's very, very important. Um, and let's um, let's let's move. Let's let's make it happen. Here we go. All right, I like that. Let's move. Um, so you can find me on the web, obviously. Um, kidsfreezedance.com is the website. I have a lot of content on YouTube. However, um, they're not the full videos. And my motivation for that is YouTube has a lot of commercials that are a little strange. And so I've seen it when I go to show a video in my class, you never know what commercial is going to pop up and it's not always appropriate. So basically my site, it's a streaming site. Um, Basically think of like Netflix, but it's kids freeze dance videos. They're subdivided by uh, grade and subject. So you can find me at kidsfreezedance.com. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, um, TikTok, all the social apps. My videos are up there, but they're primarily previews. So you can check it out and see if, oh yeah, that would work. But it's not, they're not the full ones. Um, I encourage everyone to visit the website. That way you get it ad-free. Uh, you know exactly what's going to be shown to your kids. And I also like to take requests. So I have, uh, if any teachers have ideas, you know, when you're a, a member of the site, reach out, say, hey, I need a video on this. And I, was, I will say, absolutely, let's work on that. I'll create it for you as part of my membership. Um, the rate for the membership is $5 a month, and that gets you access to all my videos, and I'm adding them every week. So right now I'm on just about 500 videos, and it's just growing all the time. Um, so kidsfreezedance.com is the place to go. Wow. 500 videos. Wow. Listen, for now. Listen. I'm growing. Like the goal is to get in the thousands and I'll, I'll get there. I love it. Oh man. I love it. Listen, guys, you're interested in wanting to build connection with your scholars. You're wanting to uh, build relationships with them, get in contact with Jay. He talks about how to build connection. He talks about how to incorporate the drums of music and the topics of education with math, science, English, and different things of that nature and how to incorporate those two. So I think that that's very, very important. And listen, Jay, go ahead and leave me with a piece of motivation before we get up out of here. So motivation, I would say focus on connection, build connection with your kids. You build that connection, they'll do anything for you. Um, As you build that connection, the other part of that advice is go with their energy. Do not try to contain it. You have got to let them move. You have got to let them express themselves. So as you're connecting, do it in a fun way. Move around. If you can go outside, go outside. If you're going to use one of my videos, cool. I would say connect with your kids and don't fight their energy. Why go uphill? You got, you got to go with the flow. And our kids, they should be moving and learning all the time. <laughs> if I had it my way, I would be teaching in a gym 
and we'd have desks in there too. And we'd have time to run. We'd have time to get up and jumping jack our way around the whole gym and then sit down and learn some math. Uh, so connect with your kids. Don't fight their energy. Go with it. Listen, guys, you heard what he said. Connect with the kids. Go with the flow. Don't fight the energy. Don't put them in a box. Don't put them in a cage. All right? You got to let them birds fly free. All right? So listen, guys. Jay, my man, bro, thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This conversation, man, was well needed, not just for our audience, but more importantly, man, it was needed for me. Oh. So well, thank I'm you, honored. man. I'm thank you, thank you, thank you. Logan. It means a lot. I wish Dante could have been here. Maybe next time. Maybe Absolutely. We back. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, you're more than welcome to come back on, man, anytime, man. We definitely, we're definitely going to bring you back on and make it happen. Um, but listen, guys, before we close out of here, listen, this is the Class and Session podcast. We had our special guest, Jay. Uh, he is a third grade teacher at Butler Elementary in Colorado. So listen, if anybody's interested, wanting to learn about his program with kid, Kids Freeze Dance, please get in contact with him. And again, he said you can get in contact. You can get in contact with him, with him on all social media platforms, as well as his website at Kids freezedance.com. All right, I'm going to say it for you all one more time in case you didn't catch it. That is kidsfreezedance.com. All right, Jay, my man, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, guys, so listen, this is the Class and Session Podcast. I am your host, Logan Taylor, my partner in crime, my brother. He is here with us in spirit. He wasn't able to get on with us today. Uh, Dante Hampton, my co-host, my brother. And in closing, like we always say, why be normal when you can be extraordinary? Thank you, guys. We'll see you all soon. All right. Check out the next episode. Peace.